and welcome to episode 39 of the Salacast this season. Myself, Glenn Price and Ollie Warner. Episode 39, Ollie. The final episode of this season of the regular podcasts. It's been uh, hard work at times. <laughs> it has been um, a long season. Um, it's occasionally I've been saying to you, oh, I'm going to tweet this and you're like, no, don't, don't do that, Ollie, because it's, it's going to discourage people from listening. But um, <laughs> at times, yeah, when there's been lack of goals or lack of points oh. or lack of positives, um, it has been... Um, let's say hard to be positive. Yeah, it's been hard to be positive, and you want to be positive about your football club. We love the club. We love our we love our team. We we love the sport and the game. And um, you know, there's been times where it's been challenging this season. At the at the end and the and, and the start was particularly two of the trickiest points, I suppose, in terms of what those runs were like. But I think you know, I think before we get into Wigan and what happened, I mean, you know, we just discussed in our little pre pre intro, didn't we, Ollie, about the Wigan game and saying how many ways is there to say we got absolutely battered on a podcast? But we will try to flesh out a little bit more than that, won't we? But I think yeah, it's probably just worth looking at where we ended up in terms of stats. Ollie um, up front in the agenda because that gives us the context really to, to what we're doing in sort of sort of a mini review doesn't it yep certainly um, yeah there's some interesting stats which mm. I think maybe help us explain why at times we've been um, not over <laughs> less, less enthusiastic about um, Cottrell's leadership <laughs> Too right, too right. And and a lot of that comes down to the way we finished this season. Let's be honest about it. What We beat Lincoln, didn't we? What was it, six games ago? Pretty much safety assured. What did we do in the following six games from that, Ollie? Two points from 18 to end the season, which is over the last six games of any of the League One seasons since we came up um, in 12-13, the worst end to a League One season we've had. Obviously, we had the three wins before that, so if you look over a wider context, it isn't. But, you know, certainly we worried about us being on the beach. And, and you know, at times we haven't really been hammering them too much for that, have we, Ollie? But... I don't know. When you look at the way we've ended those six games since security was achieved, it, it is beachy. Beachy, isn't it? Yeah, even in just just take into account 2022. Um, 2022 started horrendously. Yep. Um, obviously, we got that one win on um, uh, on the kind of the, what was it, the 2nd of January where we beat Sheffield Wednesday and then we were on a dreadful run um, and then we beat Burton away, which was a, a key um, three points. And mm. yeah, then we, then, we, then we didn't do so well again. And then, yeah, we got to that, that Morgan game three results there and then since then we've been pretty pretty dire we've yeah also given up our defensive record if it was one you know in terms yeah. of being third um, yeah. it's been a, a bleak end to the season threw away our positive goal difference as well which was something we haven't had you know positive in the last game of the season only in, only in the first season so a lot of things drifted away really in this in this kind of lame end to the season let's be honest about it and as i say not not the best way to um not the best way to finish but yeah not one, in one positive glenn one positive yeah, no. Yeah. We scored one more um, goal than games we had this season. Yeah, it's looking up, isn't it? I've got I've got a, a blue and amber fanzine thread with all of the final sort of stats from the season, and we're not going to talk about it too much on the podcast now. But shooting stats and um, some of the goal scoring is slightly higher than last season, Ollie, which is a positive. But in saying that, we did finish four points worse than we did last season, Ollie, and we've obviously finished one place. Um, lower than where we did last season um, and this is our second worst League One season for points um, the only one worse was the season we got relegated so you know when you when you look at that the, the, the signs of progress to me are minimal it was funny coming back on the bus yesterday Ollie from the game just going off on a bit of a tangent there was lots of people trying to look at the positives you know the usual crowd of oh the referee beat us today I'm not, not too sure about that but you know lots of things like oh I think the basics are there and the building blocks are there and stuff and I, I still look at this season and, and think about how we did worse than last year and think I can kind of see some of that positivity, but I'm also very, very sceptical. And I suppose we'll talk about that at the end, won't we, after the game. But yeah, to be four points back from where we were last season, Ollie, again, not a massively good sign, is it? It's not progress, is it? And no, we've we've at the best stood still. Um, yeah. But, you know, you think of players that we've lost last season and players we've got now, 
yeah, I can see why you know you can maybe force a positive out of it, but mm. there's not enough players here to say it's the foundation. If you have a foundation, it needs to, for me, at least half your squad needs to stay in. We're going to see a lot of churn, which we're going to talk about in the second half of the podcast. But yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to obviously the management is in place and the staff and all that kind of stuff. So I guess that's one positive. But yeah, mm. it hasn't been a good season. Um, and yeah, it's you know we were moaning under Ricketts, and um, you know, I, think, I think there's reason to say that this has actually been worse um, than Ricketts. Well, if you like goals in your games, um, yeah, you which know, is we what we to, go for, isn't it? Really, goal, do, goals like. and wins are what are what excite fans the most. It's odd, isn't it? You know, we used to complain. It's sort of, we we termed peak rickets ball, didn't we? The sort of COVID season before it got tailed off because it was just dreadful, wasn't it? And no one was entertained even when we were at going to the games, let alone during the, the games we couldn't go to. And yeah, we, we were at about 60% for games where we either didn't score or only scored one goal in the league that season. And 60% seemed like a huge high number that was just ridiculous, really. Do you know what the number was this season, Ollie? Well, you can see it in the agenda. I shall, I shall tell you now. The number for this season in games where we only scored zero or one goals or didn't didn't score or scored one goal across the 46 league games is 78.3%. Um, it is fair to say our goals came in clusters this season, Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. Which is which is bad. And oh yeah, what, what I don't know if you got in front of you, Glenn, but the the, the stat for zero goals. Um, but I imagine it's quite um, it's quite high, and yeah, it's it's not good, is it? You know, um, you know, you, you see, we said we mentioned last week, didn't we? You go to away games as well, and you, you're not going to see a goal or a result. Yeah, it's well over a third um, of games we didn't score a goal in this season. In That's league, mad, isn't it? Awful. So yeah, you go three games, and there's a good chance in in one of those three games you're not going to score. You you're to see a team score, and if yeah. they do, there's a very small chance they're going to get a second one. <laughs> yeah, awful. There we go. And in terms of overall looking at the league this season, we did end up with the 15th best home form this season, which shows you maybe some 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 improvements in, in our home form. But clearly that terrible start away from O'Malley where we just didn't win for ages, never was recovered. Obviously we got a couple of away wins as the season went on, but we were the 21st team, um, worst away team this season. So only the, I think the three, releg- three of the four relegated teams were the only teams worse than us in the league this season. Um, one of the teams that got relegated obviously <laughs> had a better record away from home than us. So again, and it has been the troubles on the road again that have kind of stopped us from aiming any higher than 18th, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been uh, yep. it's been bleak. Been bleak. Yep. It has been bleak. And just to, just to give an update then, comparing it to our other League One seasons, Ollie, um, it was the first, third worst goal scoring season out of the eight we've had in League One recently. Um, but as we said, there have been a lot of positives with defending, so it was the second best defensive record, and that then aided us getting the second best goal difference. So as I say, all the positives we're going to talk about when we do the deep dive into the season review are going to be around um, the defensive performance, aren't they? Because um, yeah, that's what saved this season, probably being a relegation season, Ollie. Let's be brutally honest about it. Two things, yeah, defence and the fact that there was um, some really dire sides um, you know it's a, it was a, a record it's a weird way of putting it a record low to survive um, you normally talk about a point per game and it was less than that Mm. And before we get into the game, you know, we come away from stats. Sorry, but what, what is your, you know, on the basis of some of those stats? Obviously, I pay more attention to stats, but I've also, you know, you know, you live with your heart as well when you're watching football. You know, what's your what's your one minute summary of of the season? Really, I suppose. Let's see that frustration. Yeah, I think you know we started the season with we started the summer with of hope, high hopes, and you know, people are even saying Shrewsbury could be dark horses for the playoffs or whatever. And then the summer transfer window ended on a low, and then this, we went ten percent the season without scoring a goal. Um, and since then we've been yeah fighting for survival we've always skirted a relegation fight we, yeah. um, you know we've we've got into it a few times but we've kind of kept us out and i think frustration is is my is my overall summary frustration and 
boredom at times. Uh, <laughs> frustration and boredom. And it just feels like we shot ourselves in the foot. If you think back, remember those games when we had basically like one player on the bench and Pike at right wing back? Yes. That was how low Great we days. went at part, part times. And, you know, for, for a League One team, yes, all this stuff. But a League One team that spends um, £4 million on wages, you expect better. I expected better, and I think um, you know we, we expected better than 18th. I expected to make progress this season. You know, everyone said Ricketts' first full season, Ricketts, sorry, Cottrell's first full season. You know, that's where we were going to be headed. You know, he's an experienced manager. He's definitely not going to do all the same things that Ricketts did, and he might not have made the same mistakes Ricketts has made, but he certainly made his own mistakes over the season. I think in terms of recruitment, um, tactics at times, um, and also the way that uh, the squad was shaped. Stubbornness, I yeah, stubbornness, stubbornness is a yeah. big one as well. When you've got whole... that you're not playing Pierre and you're not playing yeah. certain players, uh, but it seems out of stubbornness. And, and stubbornness, I feel so sorry for Charlie Caton. <laughs> you do, don't you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> didn't get on again. May, maybe we need to crowd. Um, if, he's, if he's in the squad next year, <laughs> maybe we need to crowdfund. And, you know, you can get those PlayStations in like a suitcase with you get like a screen. Maybe we need to fund him one of those because at least he can enjoy the journey there and back. Mm. Um, because bless me, it's just not. Uh, I find I feel so sorry for the kid. He's been on the bench, and a lot of kids have been on the bench. And he uh, must be pretty bad being on the bench when you know there's absolutely zero chance you're coming on. It's a good experience, isn't it? You can say that. I suppose, yeah, good, day, how but... many times? How many times is it a good experience, Glenn? Three times, maybe <laughs> four times. Uh, not fifteen, twenty plus. I, I, I'm not going to go and count it up because I think it would be really hard. It'd be hard work. But how many times has Charlie Caton been on the bench? He's very experienced. Um, his, his, minute, his minute sub-bench appearance must be really low. I feel sorry for the kid. Well, it was just... I don't want... Let, flashing ahead to the game. We will get to it in yeah. a second. But the fact that Janahai came on for that last three minutes and he didn't was fucking stupid, if you ask me. So we'll get to that as we get to it. Yeah, there we go. I, I think that's a fair summary of what you just said, Ollie. I, I wouldn't quite go as far as boredom. I think, like, for me, personally, you know, the games are boring. But I think, you know, the, 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 that's only part of the story, isn't it, as a football fan a lot of time. Um, but I think it's interesting you, that as well, Glenn, isn't it? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, because yeah. um, obviously, you know, obviously we um, gave birth to... Well, I didn't give birth. Didn't give birth well, I gave birth <laughs> um, to a little boy on, on 15th of November. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's kind of changed my uh, viewing of the games. So, you know, I went to, obviously still went to a lot of home games, but didn't get yeah. as many away games. And when you're, when you're literally sitting there watching it um, and you don't have the, the banter, you don't have the pre exactly. Yeah. beer or you know trying out different chips and food at away games and stuff but that's a part of the enjoyment isn't it um, and if you're not doing that and you're just literally watching um, your team being battered or got no attacking impetus it is boring it is hard on the streams yeah we we talked about this during the COVID season didn't we Ollie the same thing about yeah. that dispassioned not the connection you don't have really when you're watching them on the streams I, I wouldn't I would say for me I wouldn't say I was overly bored there's been boring games but I think you know that experience of being at the games as you just point out there is is the difference but I am hugely disappointed by this season I, I can't lie um, and yeah it's it's got to start to pick up at some point because we've been talking about the same thing now since John Askey walked through the door and people are starting to just accept it and I don't want fans to accept it I want fans to want more and expect more and we should just be happy with 17th and 18th every season and I start to see that a bit more and it it worries me um, about our fan base that sometimes but there's a few things this weekend worry about our fan base Ollie which we'll get to as we go on so oh God. <laughs> there's a lot lot to cover this week we're going to cover the Wigan game um, we're going to uh, play in a, a, a few bits of news from Salop News obviously we've got stuff to do with Retro Kit there was the Sporters Evening where we handed out the awards I've done my um, every season six seasons we've been doing this Ollie um, little kind of five minutes with my kids kind of summarising their kind of season they've had um, which is interesting so I play that 
that in. And then we've got a bit to talk about Ollie in terms of oh, all sorts of bits and bobs about who's leaving, what we need, and all that sort of thing. Just kind of giving an update, really. So we got lots to cover, but don't expect us to talk long about this game, Ollie, because it was dreadful, wasn't it? So um, we shall we shall move on to the game now. And here come the home side. The last chance, surely. It is Vernon on the left. There are bodies in the box. It is Scott Vernon driving towards the goal. He's still going, and it's in there. It's there. They have won it with the last kick of the game. And Shrewsbury score through Grimmer. So one benefit in some ways, because of a small squad, is um, players do get to play a few games. <laughs> so Murray, C and Lee, he got 50 appearances uh, this week uh, in the um, 3-0 home drumming by Wigan Athletic. Yeah, at the one point I thought maybe we were going to do something um, in this game. Um, in the first half, it wasn't so bad, mm. but yeah, second half was was dire. Um, in terms of um, starting lineup, I think there's a few players here we'll never see again. Um, so we had Morosi, Daniels, and Pennington, Flanagan, Pierre, and Nurse as the back five. And we had Leahy, Vela, and Fornau in midfield, and Ado and Bowman up front. Um, with um, yeah, with um, with Burgoyne on the bench, uh, with Warley, um, Craig, Barlow, Kate, and Bloxham, and Janai on the bench. Um, and it's really sad to say, isn't it? It's really out of those like players. You're probably more likely to see maybe Wally or Blackson, but the other kids, hardly any chance they're going to come on. So that is what it is, I guess. Um, and yeah, there's no even point asking you what you thought of the team because it's the team that's always been the team. The only change really was, I guess, and that's not true actually, there's one change yeah. there. There was Pierre coming in, um, which did create a few little rumours. Maybe you wonder if Pierre is going to sign a new contract. Lewis Cox has tweeted today that one one player's had their contract extended and one player's been offered one. Mm. Makes it highly unlikely, I think, that Pierre's that one player. Yeah, it was odd, wasn't it, just to bring, bring him in? I mean, well, it's not yeah. odd, is it? It's not odd. It, it's, We've it, been asking for it. Saying, he should have been playing for weeks. Correct. Because then Lee, he plays in midfield. Wally, who isn't a central midfielder, doesn't play midfield. And Lee, he plays in central midfield, who's been amazing. And you pay Pierre. And, yeah, he, I don't know... I'd, yeah, he, he. I thought he did well in this game. I thought he yeah. had a really good game. Actually, he didn't really make mistakes. Looked a bit rusty, but mm. of course he's really rusty. He's playing against um, the best team in the division, um, and he hasn't he played, played for weeks. Ages. Yeah, no, I mean it's just a bit weird that you know with this game, mm-hmm. as much as we wanted to win it, it was just it's the last game of the season, and I think most people might have expected Wally to start ahead of Pierre in terms of how you were going to jigger it around. But I, I like the fact he got Lee back in midfield, and hopefully that's where he plays all next season. Only we don't want to see him at the back anymore, do we? He's, he's such a good midfielder, we want to see him up there. Causing trouble, you know, being a bit of a driver forward for us. So yeah, that was kind of a bit of a. a Would be interesting run. to see him play actually left back if we played a back four, mm. um, because then he can obviously you know bomb forward um, and play a different role. But yeah, in in this formation, yeah, for me, it's odd, isn't it? You would never think you would have seen this um, nine months ago. But yeah, central midfield. And he's our only yep. central midfielder under contract, <laughs> so it's even more important <laughs> that he plays next season. Yeah, which shows the work to be done, doesn't it? But I, I don't know. I think I would agree with you. Well, we'll very quickly talk about the first half because there wasn't really that much going on, and it was there for for clear cut chances was, for us, I suppose. What would, what would you say was kind of your overall kind of thoughts, maybe of the first forty minutes? What kind of surprised you? We started better than Wigan, I think. Um, That surprised me. I think we played quite a high intensity, um, closing down, trying to show that we could go toe-to-toe with the best team. And Vela led Um, that as well. It's worth giving him credit for that because he did lead that press. But I figure the way the second, the rest of that half went on was that Wigan eventually got to that point where we'd put hard work in for 20 minutes. We just came off it a little bit and they got their foothold in the game and started to take control. That's kind of how the half went. And obviously they eventually got a goal from the back of it, a fortunate goal as it went. But yeah, it couldn't, couldn't couldn't really criticise the first 20 minutes of the game. That was probably the only good bit of it for Salop, I think, um, after that. Football's obviously two sizes, isn't it? two teams, uh, two different sides of it. I wonder if our performance was enhanced by Wigan's. How do I describe this? We Wigan's, like just to overcommit. 
yeah, reluctance to overcommit and a a calm professional start. Don't want to do anything stupid. Try to play the ball at the back a bit. If it wasn't on, they'd launch it forward. Trying to get basically um, Lang running at um, our central defence. Um, but I thought it was quite a professional performance, as you'd expect. They won the league. Um, you have a very professional performance from Wigan. I think that did help us look better um, than maybe yeah. would have done if they had come out at, um, you know, at 100 miles an hour. There's a lot of times in that first half where I kept saying to the lads and, and they were kind of agreeing that it was being played as a game that seemed like it would end nil nil. You know, nil nil would have suited both teams. They'd have won the championship and we would have um you know, we would have been happy with a nil nil. We might even <laughs> might even have nicked seventeenth at back. But um yeah, it didn't didn't have a lot of intensity at times. There was little little lulls here and there. But I think when Wigan eventually got on top, Ollie, for as good as Vela Leahy and, and Fauna were in that opening twenty minutes, the midfield started to get dominated and then it showed because we started to go very, very long ball as that half went on and it was just coughing up possession, wasn't it? and help them get that their foothold. Some of our balls from the back overhit. Um, Bowman and Nadeau couldn't chase them down, could they? Yeah, let's just, well, the goal obviously was odd one, wasn't it? There was Weird. Four now won the ball, and, and we, we we don't like to talk this. We've done this almost so many times, now. we keep saying the same thing. We don't like to talk about refs, but there has been some really bad refereeing in the second half of the season. And this ref was... was even Wigan fans were chanting, and the referee's one of our own. <laughs> and if the Wigan fans are chanting that, that says a lot about how the referee is performing. And the Fornau won the ball. Well, Shubitan players couldn't believe it, particularly Lee. He couldn't believe it. Fornau was gobsmacked. He won mm. the ball. They took a free kick, um, whipped in, hit the post, hit Vela back in the net. And it was, that's almost uh, it's just the way it goes, isn't it? You know, if, if you know, a team that's got to win the league, they seem to get those luck sometimes. Obviously, they, they kind of you earn your luck a little bit. But yeah, it was, um, it was a frustrating moment. It's, it's a mega harsh goal for Veli yeah, in terms of having an own goal on your record, isn't it? He literally is just standing there and it just careers in off him. It's proper harsh, but they're, they're, the, they're the rules, I suppose. Um, yeah, the re- the referee was very poor, I thought, Ollie. And um, it's interesting this week because we, we will get to some of the other stuff that was talked about by Cottrell. Uh, he did a Q&A at the awards night out of the blue and he was talking about how he wanted town fans to get on the referee's back and he quite liked it when we were getting on him. And he, he was absolutely scathing about the quality of refereeing um, from referees at League One level. Obviously, he's, he's managed at a high level. Um, so that part of me thinks well yes you were completely right Steve and this was great evidence to back up what you said another part of me thinks that the EFL might have found out and sent us the worst possible referee this weekend as well, punishment for his someone, I heard someone say to me that he actually <laughs> refs in the championship oh does he oh. Maybe the quality of refereeing in the championship is just as bad, Ollie. But there we go. It wasn't great. We didn't get hardly anything that first half. And yes, controversy, the free kick. But I, I felt the goal was coming, Ollie. Um, it's, it was a harsh way to concede, but they definitely got on top as that half went on. And um, going in 1-0 down, I suppose it was probably as good as you might have expected against a, a, a team like Wigan, who were getting better as that half went on. Um, but we were still in it, weren't we? You kind of hold, held out that hope of you know, something happening. Um, but we didn't create many clear-cut chances in that first half, did we? No, we, create, we created a few. We got into a few decent spots, but... Um, yeah, the, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. And, and then talking of choices, half-time, there was no choices. So I, I, I kind of messed up the timing in terms of driving. Got there just in time. Um, couldn't get anything to eat because apparently some idiots had set up a smoke bomb underneath the, yeah. the concourse, which is an odd place to set one off. Uh, well, they did it before the game, Ollie. I'm not sure if yeah, you're I know, aware, that's why they, I didn't, Yeah, I know. That's why I couldn't get anything to eat. But it was still um, shut at half-time as well, which, yeah, is, which was, is odd. Which was odd. Maybe an yeah, alarm had been set off or something. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, it was strange. it was busy though, very busy, and um, like I got, I got some grub. I, I I damn well was going to use my last free burger voucher. I got so um, many vouchers. That I, I did. Yeah, I didn't oh. get to use my voucher for this case. You should have sent them my way. I'd have used them this season. Um, but yeah, so that that's it. I don't know what I'm going to do without my free burger voucher next season, Ollie. It's going to be an absolute uh, return return <laughs> return to another two pound sixty a week. But um, yeah, uh, you know, it was really busy pre match. I went to the Prince of Wales, um, went and caught the bus up, which was really great. Nice buzz down there. Um, obviously it was the early kickoff as well, wasn't it? Which threw everything everything into a bit of a weird flux um and yeah I had, I had a really nice day came up the fan zone was buzzing and then obviously it was loads of fans knocking around wasn't there so it was it was a really good atmosphere on the day yeah it um, was a good atmosphere it's just a shame the players, players let the day down but um yeah it was it's good to have something yeah. and while you in some ways like you know one side of you thinking well I don't really want to see Wigan celebrate at least it made no. something of it and some of our mates and um, Tom Griff for example stayed and watch the kind of the celebration and stuff, and I can understand why you do it. You know, you just it's just a bit of a moment, isn't it? Of you know, in terms of football, I haven't seen much, so I can see why someone might want to see it. And it did make it did make the last game a bit more interesting. That one was not for me. We'll get we'll get to that at the end. But yeah, um, yeah I suppose you know, there's a whole Second lot of reasons half, why well, I just went. We, yeah, the the Wiccan game was definitely the quickest match someone we've ever done. But let's get through the second half pretty fast. Um, yeah, we got there was a handball. Quick question, Glenn. Was it handball or not for you? Penalty. Yeah, arm was away from the body. Yeah, it was exactly. Yeah. Pedal, then, then ball in the back of the net. Keane did something quite silly. He obviously, didn't know this, but he ran into the crowd, which made them all surge forward and collapse the barrier. And some fans got injured. Um, I think it's just a little bit of a reminder, isn't it? Why players shouldn't really go into the crowd. I can see why he did it. It's a historic day for them and stuff. But hopefully, no one was injured and hopefully, no one was ill. Yeah, was I can good. see why. It was the goal that clinched the title from, really, wasn't it? At the end yeah. of the day, so it was probably one of the biggest goals in their history for for recent times since they were probably in the FA Cup final. Um, but and then it does the... does show. I should just go into that moment though, Ollie, because we've got to have a look at that, or the club have got to have a look at that, because that's one of the most dangerous things that's happened in our stadium, maybe since we moved there. You know, maybe other than the fire, which obviously was controlled at the time, but we very rarely had three or four people being escorted out of a stadium because they've been essentially crushed because people ran up against a barrier that has now been there. You know, what, how long have we been here? Fourteen years or whatever it is. You know they're they're pretty old these barriers. They're not the the best in terms of you know safety when people do congregate down the front. And the stewards didn't really seem to be forcing people to sit down in that end. So it was always gonna be a flashpoint. I think Lawrence, I know him. He's a, he's a really good bloke. The, the safety officer. He comes to all the SP meetings. I'm sure he'll be reviewing what happened in that game because you know those things get reported and people getting out of a stadium injured. It's not not a great look, is it really? Um, probably at the other end though, it also shows why safe standing is a good thing because everyone came out of those seats to try and stand up and, and everyone stood up in that away end, didn't they, on Saturday? So. You know, safe standing in that area, maybe that would have been something that helped to prevent it. But you, you never know, do you, Ollie? But it was was a really worrying moment it's because there was people lying behind the goal for like five minutes when they're injured, and it was like, oh God, I hope something really bad hasn't happened here. Yeah, no, it was, it was, um, it was um, not a good moment at all. And fingers crossed, no. um, and those guys and girls um, are okay, and no one's no one's hurt. Um. And should just say, in terms of looking at their crowd as well, do you think we'll be billing them for pitch repairs? Oh, well, it's been ripped up, isn't it? But um, the flares. Yeah. <laughs> There were so many flares on the pitch for all of their goals, and it looked like there was just like you know explosion marks all over the pitch. And one of the things we were joking about was like the the, the reason the burn marks were so big was that we've got one guy with a grabber, haven't we? Because you're not allowed to go and pick up the flares, are you? It's it's not the done thing, is it? So he was running on. He'd get the one flare, run back to his little point with his grabber, then he'd be back out. The other one had been like there for about a minute, burning a hole in the ground. So I think in terms of looking at things to improve, yeah, look at the uh, the barriers in the front of that stand, but also let's invest in a couple more grabbers, please, on the on the off chance we get more flares on the pitch because it wasn't a good. Look look either but um yeah it was carnage for about five ten minutes wasn't it after that goal yeah it was it wasn't it wasn't a good look um that's a sh- no. fingers crossed no one is okay then there was a, a corner yeah. and they scored a goal um ado had that <laughs> terrible terrible miss 
Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, good ball in the box um, from Daniels. Um, and yeah, Doe just should have smashed in the back of the net. He took a touch and the keeper came in. Uh, one of the best keepers in the division came in and just smothered it. And that was it. And I think it's fair to say, Glenn, that Shrewsbury Town were bloody abysmal in the second yeah. half. Yeah. And not only that, like Vela was terrible. Flanagan was abysmal. His distribution was terrible. His decision making was awful. Um, and considering, you know, he's got no excuse. He'll be here next season. Um, mm. He was he was absolutely dire. Um, yeah, top three was difficult this week. Um, but yeah, I thought he was really poor. And yeah, it was just one of those games where you just kind of just want, like, you look at the clock and you're just like, they're winning 3 now. You're just like, come on, let's just get this game over now. Um, unfortunately, it was five minutes extra time. But um, yeah, it was one of those games where you just, you just want it to end. Yeah, I was feeling the same, Ollie. It was just to complete domination, really, wasn't it? We didn't really press. We didn't really put the required effort in. It was a bit embarrassing to watch, to be honest with you, seeing a team dominate like this. You know, we've gone this whole season, and the one thing you could hold on to was we've not been hammered by anyone this season, but obviously we managed to go to the last day of the season and then get yeah, our hammering. interesting our question, hammering. It's, it's off-the-cuff <laughs> question, but it's 3-0 hammering? Yes, I'm not sure. But it was is a hammer. Yeah, there's performance and stuff. Was three nil. I think four is a hammer. At home, I would say it is. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, um, we don't lose many games at home three nil. To be honest with you, all by three no. clear goals. It very rarely happens. So um, yeah, it was it was just a bit battering. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. You know, everyone's no, just, second off. Let's just do top threes um, and yep. move on. I think. Um, <laughs> so who, who's your top three? Uh, it was tough. You could have picked anyone, really. They were all, all four or threes out of five second half, so it brought everyone's level down. Um, a lot of chat about who's, who's going to be our player of the season. We'll, we'll cover that in the, the final end-of-season podcast we do, um, just to wrap up the season in a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I gave it to Nurse. I thought he had a reasonably good game um, and has probably been someone I've over, overlooked all season, so I felt a little bit like rewarding him for that, but also for um, being consistent all season and also for you know just a decent enough showing. I'm not sure he was to blame for too many of the goals. You mentioned Pierre before. I thought he had a really good game coming back into the team, so I for him second and you know what Ollie god damn I'm going to give the three points for the final time to Sean Wally for his five minute cameo at the end of the game which we didn't quite talk about subs and we should do in a minute but he didn't really do anything he hardly touched the ball but do you know what I'm never going to get a chance to give him three points in one of these votes again so I gave my last three points to Wally Ollie and I don't care if that breaks our rules you're too soft Glenn um, <laughs> I went for um, Pierre I thought he did really well um, yes good number of clearances good number of tackles yep. Um, good number of interceptions as well. Um, so I thought that was really good. Um, thought he had a good game. I went for Leahy just for sheer effort um, and drive um, to try and you know, try and do something um, in the game. And the fact that he was giving the referee um, an earful. I think he gets to a point actually where giving the referee abuse probably actually comes in a, a counterproductive. Maybe yes. that's something to think about. And then I went for Morrissey because I'm thinking of everyone else. Um, a lot of poor performances <laughs> out there, um, I thought. A lot of poor performances from shoot-down perspective. Um, yeah, you know, you know, I like um, the like you know the websites like Sofa Score and Who Scored. Most mm. of our players had five out of tens. Um, no one even got anywhere near a seven, um, and it was yeah, um, terrible, um, terrible, terrible performance. And again, to to yeah, you know, Bowman was poor. Ado tried a bit, I think. Ado probably had a bit of a bright spot. Maybe it's unfair not having Do third, maybe. Um, but yeah, it was it was tough. Um, yeah, and let's let's yeah. Let's, let's not even bother with Steve Cottrell's comments. Um, oh, I was going to say on Steve Cottrell, you wouldn't have given him more than a <laughs> three out of ten, are you, would you? And I just wanted to d- d- touch on those substitutions because they were bonkers. Like the game was gone after fifty minutes, wasn't it, Ollie? Right, and like 
you might as well at that time. You're 2-0 down to the big, best team in the league. You know, we're going to win the championship. We're clearly not good enough to score three goals, it, we, even with the team that we had on. You might as well at that stage have made three subs then and given three players a run out. You know, you've talked about it being the youth players before in the intro. You know, we talked about maybe why didn't Wally get more than the final five minutes. But the subs were bonkers. Wally getting five minutes. Um, then Janai got like, came on in injury time, didn't he, instead of one of the youth players. And I can't remember who the other sub was now. Um, it's, it's escaped me, Ollie. I'm Blocks sure it wasn't. Bloxham, wasn't it? Yeah, he got like two minutes at the end. And it's really weird because, like, the first question that he got asked at the Q and A um, that he did on the Sports Night was, "Why don't you make more substitutions?" And I, I'd have, I just got a vibe that he'd taken objection to that comment. He also took objection to it on the night a little bit, but he, <laughs> I felt like he wasn't going to make subs to the ninety odd minute because he was remembering that everyone had kind of a few people had criticised him at the sports meeting. So maybe that's that stubbornness coming through. I am half joking, Ollie, but yeah, the subs were just bonkers. I, I, it wasn't the white right way to approach that. We should have put three fresh legs on and just had a go or something. It was just or just passive. But but the youngsters you're talking about, like Charlie Caton is a striker. Yeah. So he's not going to he's gonna press, he's gonna run around, he's not gonna lose your solidity. If he's not gonna yeah. lose your solidity, he's not gonna risk conceding more goals. He's not gonna be you know, our strikers don't necessarily don't typically, you know, okay, Bart Bowman does put an effort in in terms of marking someone, but come on, make a corner, whatever. It just seems really um petty um from him not to not to bring them on. Yeah, whether whether he's made those subs at fifty minutes, but he surely should have made them at sixty five minutes when they got the third. But you know, seeing Blocks and Caton up front for the last twenty minutes of that game would have given us like a bit Didn't of pride. Wouldn't it? Yeah, something two to young enjoy. Lads. Or, yeah, yeah, I'll bring on some of the other lads. But Caton, yeah, like, I just I don't know. I, I've. I want to. Oh, I just feel sorry for the kid. It's just not fair. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, let's not talk about it. I, I didn't even yeah. listen to what he said. I was on. I was on the bus back, and then obviously the final whistle went, Ollie, and oh my lots God. of things happened. Um, we talked uh, early in the season about what's the worst pitch invasion that Shrewsbury Town have ever had in their history, and we were pretty pretty hard to say that it was when our fans <laughs> ran on against Lincoln when we beat them on penalties in the you know second round of the League Cup earlier this season. That was incredibly tin pot, wasn't it? You know, we we laughed about that, and I think most Town fans thought that was a bit ridiculous. Um, however, what happened on Saturday was probably. <laughs> probably much much worse because you don't pitch invade when you've lost 3-0 at home in a season where you've actually been worse than the season before especially when it's the last game of the season and you know that if you run on you basically can completely interrupt our lapse of honour if you really want to get involved in that sort of thing also the fact that you knew the opposition fans were definitely going to probably run on at some point because they've won the league I would have done it oh I did it Cheltenham I, you know, I've done it several times when we've done it like so the whole thing was just ridiculous and just it wasn't just kids there were grown men walking on there was, well, let's be honest yeah there was two was fighting two, yeah there was two particular highlights for me one there was this guy in a grey jumper or grey top and as soon as the final whistle ran he just ran straight to Morosi yeah with his kid and I was like why what <laughs> it was really because he just ran on his own as well he looked like a right, right, right fool and then you had yeah that lad um, run on and then with the other Wigan fan, and they seem to meet each other. I don't know he planned on doing it, or he's just full of cocaine. I don't know. And decided to hit the <laughs> other lad, which was Ridiculous. a bit weird. And he ran off from the police. And then the other Shrewsbury fans ran on the pitch, or someone walked up. Like literally, we've just got beaten three 0 at home. We're 18th in the league. It is absolutely embarrassing. And if you went on the pitch, and well, also it's... not only that, it was parents taking the kids on the pitch. This is the thing. It's the tip of the iceberg of can I have your shirt signs I've decided over the last 24 it's hours. It's miles worse than that. It's yeah, but it's but it's that's that. what I think that's what drove it. Like there's there's no competitive football reason to have ran on the pitch then to celebrate. You know, it wasn't a it cannot have been a celebratory pitch invasion. I just think um to think that maybe they're after a shirt, but yeah, it's probably the only thing I could possibly think of that 
They just seem to. Th- I don't know what it is about. And it's really funny actually. I was, I was chatting to um, a Shrewsbury Town fan, um, indirect message a guy called Ned, and he came had this really good idea going. So mm. I think any of these people who either went on the pitch at Lincoln or went on the pitch the last day of the season, I think they should they should have to. We should find out who they are, and they all have to run on the pitch for fifteen home games in a row, and and hopefully then one it gets them out of their system, and two we can all boo them when they go on the pitch. Because maybe this is the well, only way for these people to get it out of their system. I don't, I don't get it. I would love to know if, if anyone's listening to this and we're being hard on you. What's the reason why you went on the pitch? Just send us a message on Twitter or Facebook or something. Because I just, don't, I don't get it. I had, I had nothing. I wanted to go home as soon as the final whistle went. I didn't really want to clap them. No, went, this season hasn't been away. great. I was like bollocks to that. You know, I feel really, really harsh for the whole thing because the one thing I would have maybe stayed for is I would have absolutely loved to have given Wally a final send off. I think he bloody no, deserves it. That's the one thing it. I don't understand about the last day of the season. Is that often the last day of the season, normally you play, I don't know, Cheltenham at home, whatever. Nothing game. Their players walk off. They have a little clap to the away fans and they go. And then we kind of stay around, don't we, for 10 minutes. The players come round. And then often they ruin that. They mm. ruin that for everyone else. Like, mm. And I, I put a tweet, I didn't I? Quite a few, a bit later, I waited until a bit later in the day. Um, and I put a tweet out saying, like, can we, we need to have a, do we need to agree? And I said, do we, not as in that we have to, like, do we need to agree on conditions? So when is it acceptable <laughs> to go on the pitch? And I can st- only I could only think of two reasons, and I'm still probably sticking to these. So one, securing automatic promotion. Yeah. I went on the pitch at home when we did it um, to get out of League Two, and I went on the pitch at Cheltenham. Getting securing automatic promotion is for me 100% acceptable. And secondly, if you avoid relegation, but only if it's on the last day of the season, because if you avoid relegation with eight games to go or something like that, like we did this year, yeah. that is not an acceptable thing. No. But Exeter away. Definitely yes. would be uh, on the pitch. Now I know you. I know what you're going to say now. So yeah, I'll let you have your piece. But I, they're, for me, they're the only two genuinely um, acceptable times to go on the pitch. That's fair enough, and we will all have our own, exactly. own view of that. Um, but I have certainly been on the pitch more than just for those two occasions, Ollie. I think that for me, uh, I think that the, there is that. Um, passionate, passionate moment which can can kind of just force something over the line. I, I do think big cup wins over big teams are something I would not well, have like a problem with on the, the pitch. First round of the League Cup. Well, not that, but Liverpool when you come back to draw with them, I didn't have a problem with that. It was a very emotional moment. I think it was something that was was incredibly prideful for the football club to to do that, especially after the kind of runs we've been having recently. So I, I, don't, I don't have problems with that. Big cup wins, I don't mind. Um, you know, I didn't even mind like some of the other ones we've had over the years. Like you know, there was really no reason to ever go on Fleetwood's pitch. That's Fleetwood. Um, was it Fleetwood? No, Morecambe's pitch in the conference season when we it was the last game of the season. We'd already kind of got in the playoffs yeah, and everyone sort of walked on the pitch. That's, a, that's why I don't get the opposition. You talk about yeah. that. Playoffs does not make any sense to me whatsoever. Unless you get into the playoffs maybe with the last kick of the game and you get in the playoffs maybe. But I still don't think you should go in the, on, even on the pitch in the playoffs because you haven't done anything. You've got oh, another, know, you've got another three games Do you remember the pitch invasion at, at the another, Game Meadow against Barnet? But you got another when we won three. on penalties. That was amazing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you maybe if you only just do it just on the last mm. day, pens, yeah, like, pens. If you get, if you get into game. the last day, maybe you can just about do it. But for me, I guess what I'm saying is it needs to be a truly special moment. Mm. So you know, this week clearly wasn't that. <laughs> it was, was not. It, it wasn't <laughs> no. that at all. I'm so confused by the whole thing, to be honest with you, Ollie. And it did ruin a moment for some of our players. And um, you know, I, I know Lewis was saying, oh, a few fans had stayed behind eventually when we did our lap of honour, but. 
Christ, the stadium was basically empty when he looked at the photos of it. And, um, you know, poor Sean Wally was trudging around to 500 people and it was, wasn't great. I, did, I, I just couldn't hang around. I watched it. I was like, I just need to get on the bus and go here. And the bus back to the Prince of Wales it was full and we left with about seven, eight minutes. Yeah, if you go to the Prince of Wales, you've got to get on that coach pretty fast. Well, so. they were happy. They said they were happy to wait because there was oh, going okay. to be a celebration thing, but all 65 people that sold tickets on the bus came back and not one person was missing. <laughs> so um, I think that gives you a good indication as some of our hardcore fans and what they thought of hanging around. But as you say, after that, there was our, our parade um, and a few fans stayed to give them that, that clap, which is fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, then there was the, the whole Wigan thing and, I couldn't, I couldn't or wouldn't have wanted to be any part of that. You know, well done. They won the league. I don't really have any love for Wigan. I didn't have any love for Rotherall or Milton Keynes either. So I wouldn't have really been bothered who went up this season. Um, but uh, yeah, I know a few of our fans stayed around and reporting. It took a while to build the stadium, the stadium sort of uh, thing they were going to stand on with the trophy. Um, but I was long gone then, and uh, I have nothing to say further on it. I was gone out of the stadium and uh, already thinking about my summer holidays. Cool. So yeah, let's move on to <laughs> more positive things. Um, so yeah, your kids are going to um, share a yeah. bit of the summer of the season, now, aren't they? We didn't want to end our final game podcast bit on something negative. So, um, yeah, we're going to go into Salap News in a minute. But, yeah, as, as we've done on every podcast since the start of the season, so I've started taking, you know, my kids have always come with me since we started doing this podcast six years ago, Ollie, in the Mickey Mellon era. Um, so, yeah, I had a chance this afternoon to kind of put the uh, microphone in front of them for, for six minutes and find out what they thought of our season we've had. Um, and, um, yeah, it's not all football related. I think that's the key thing for kids, isn't it? So, there we go. We'll play that end now, Ollie. A uh, bit of positivity. So, here we are. Uh, traditional end of season catch up with my two children. Uh, obviously mentioned on the podcast a lot join me at lots of away games and obviously um, you do have a season ticket now kids don't you this season for the first time so Roy Elsa welcome back onto the podcast Um, you obviously listen to me record this every Sunday night but we haven't had you on for a while so yeah you're glad to be back on Roy yes yep Good, good. Righto. Let's get into this season then that's just gone. This is our little sort of pre-end of season review um, before we do the main one with Lewis Cox and, and Mark Elliott hopefully later in the next couple of weeks. Um, what, let's start with the season. You went to the awards evening. You've watched pretty much all the home games. You've been to, I think, we've just counted up maybe 15 away games this season. And so I suppose, Rory, what have you made of this season for, you, for yourself? Um, I think it was um, a very good season and um, I like the fact that we've got more young supporters watching the, yeah. the new games and everything and I just feel that it's been like a great season. Good, and what about you Elsa? Are you as confident about everything that's gone on or not? Yeah, it's been really fun and um, we have had spent, made some good memories this season. For sure, yeah, we have. We've been all over the place. We'll touch on that in a minute. I suppose let's ask that first question when you think about a season. Just What was your favourite game of the season, Elsa? Um, mine was probably Sheffield Wednesday away. Oh yeah. Um, that was because we went to a inflatable park where we all sadly caught COVID. Oh, I didn't. Well, no, Rory didn't get it, luckily. We, yeah, well, we caught COVID, but it was really fun and it was a good game. Yeah. Big, big crowd. Big stadium. Yeah, big stadium. It was good, wasn't it, to be fair? And what about you, Rory? Your mem- we've talked about this just a minute ago. Your memories are of a, probably one of the games that people would least remember this season. Yeah. But what was your favourite game? <laughs> um, crew, because I took one of my mates called Lucas to his first ever game. And then we took my other mate called Harry, which was really fun. And, and we played mini golf. <laughs> and I beat them both, which yep. was fun. Yeah, it was good fun that day, to be fair. And that's kind of a theme this season. Obviously, talked about you getting dragged along to football with me for years and years on the podcast. But this season, we've not been doing so much in the in the mornings beforehand. But we've been taking friends to the first games. You've had one of your well, two or three I've, of your friends come, haven't you, Elsa? And I've, yeah, I've taken two of my friends to their first ever games, and now they've been to like six. Which I feel very bad for them, but 
they were pretty bad games as well. Yeah, it's been good to get you know that kind of um, yeah kind of getting children on board other than just you two, isn't it? And it's having a more of a, a sort of a lot of friends that go to the football now. I've noticed that you've kind of got mates you go and talk to at the game, which is great. It's what it's all a part of that community thing that we talk about on the podcast. Um, before we touch on some of the away games you went to, what about your favourite player this season, Rory? Uh, mine was Daniel Ludo. Yeah, and you, you were there when he got his award at the awards night, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, he done really well, didn't he? And what about you, Elsa? Probably Luke Leahy. I just think he's... Handsome? I mean, <laughs> that's what my friend would say. <laughs> you think he's good as well, don't you? You yeah. think he's been... You were saying you think he's been good in lots of different positions. And um, just talking about the awards night there, Rory, you did actually give an award out, didn't you? To Tom Bloxham, didn't yeah. you? He was he was very tall, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was uh, towering over you as well, Elsa. He was very shy. Yeah, he was very shy. But he scored that great over a volley, that goal that we scored. Oh, yeah. Didn't we remember that? that? I, I voted for that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, we all voted for that, I think. So there we go. So I suppose in terms of uh, one of the things we enjoy the most as, as, a, as a three of us going to the football, um, your mum has been to two games this season. We should just say that. Fair play yeah. to her. She did come to Morecambe and uh, Burton with us. But yeah, I think we're saying we did about 15 away games. Other, other than your favourite away games that you mentioned before, obviously, what other things kind of stood out to you this season in terms of some of the places we've been and things we did, Rory? Um, well, the game, when, when we went to uh, London um, to play... Charlton. Charlton. We, we were, like, going around London looking at a lot of good, like, landmarks mm. and stuff. So we went on this Uber boat and we were, like, going along the river looking at the O2 Dome, the uh, London Bridge. And, yep. yeah, it's really good. Enjoyed that, didn't you? What, yeah. about, what about Stratford, Elsa? Do you remember that weird little day out? Yeah. That tiny stadium? Yeah, that was um, interesting. <laughs> it was a funny, <laughs> funny day out, wasn't it, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the small stadium compared yeah. to... You said you really enjoy going to the big stadiums, don't you? You liked um, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday. And you enjoy going to Liverpool again for a second time Elsa yeah it was good it was um a bit disappointing <laughs> I mean yeah but um it was again a big stadium big crowd good atmosphere and then Danado scored you went crazy didn't you I mean, I remember, I, I mean. I, yeah I got that on video you did get that video didn't you and a few of the other games we've been to obviously you mentioned Sheffield, uh, Sheffield Wednesday but we went to Cheltenham didn't we when we took a couple of friends and I think I mentioned we went to Burton on the way up from our holiday uh, Rotherham recently in Charlton and yeah we've been all over the place haven't we so um, it's been another a long season um, it's been an expensive season for your dad but we won't mention <laughs> that too much kids um, I don't know what, where else are you thinking of really we had talked about the away awards night and you met some of the players didn't you and we'd obviously met Elliot Bennett a few weeks before that yeah. has it been nice to kind of meet the players really else for the first yeah. time this season yes that's, they, were, they were really nice Odo was uh, probably the best out of them all to be honest Oh, he's a good lad isn't he Odo is very social Sociable. Sociable? Yeah. Is that a word? Yes, it is. It is a word. <laughs> okay, we'll have to maybe go and check at school if that's social. a word. No, he was very social, and to be fair, we social, mentioned it. Mentioned it. mentioned it on the podcast about how much he was talking to all the kids and didn't have enough time really to speak to everyone that wanted to speak to him. So there we go. So, end of your first season with, you know, obviously been coming since you were kids, very little, but end of your first season with season tickets. What are you looking forward to next season? Do you think we can do better than finishing 17th again, or are you a 18th, bit worried? 18th, 18th, Dad. Oh, we finished 18th, didn't we? Yeah, sorry. Well, rem- <laughs> I can't believe I've been corrected on that. Yeah, you think thinking better times ahead next season then hopefully. Uh yeah, hopefully we'll get a bit better. But I'm gonna. Is Wally going? Well, we don't know yet. Rory might be. It seems yeah. likely. Yeah. So you'll miss him, won't you? Yeah. But we should have Dan a dough, as long as we don't sell him. Elsa. Nan will miss Wally too. <laughs> she will, won't she? Yeah. He's a favourite player. What about you, Elsa? What do you think about next season? Um, I hope we go to more away games, do more stuff, have you know, fun. 
I mean, we've got big. Bring, bring go, more people. Go to Spain. And oh, watch them play. oh God! <laughs> They're very keen to go and see us uh, play so pre-season in Alicante <laughs> when she might be playing Coventry, like we uh, discussed last week, Ollie. But um, yeah, there we go. I think you know, it's it, lots to look forward to next season. We've got Derby County, who are a big club coming then, also. So I think oh. you'll enjoy that one. So new grounds to go to, Forest Green. There'll be many adventures to be had, but um, yeah, it's been it's been smashing fun. Uh, and I should really say to you too, you make some of the away football trips memorable for me because not always the best football is it when we see town lose one <laughs> nil away from home. So. Um, um, we try and make the best of it, and uh, I know there are lots of families who've got similar situations where you know there's the passions reignited when your kids get to that age, they're enjoying it again. So there we go. There's Rory Nelson's end of season review. Um, we'll have you back next year, kids. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> So, Ollie, as you can see, my children are on the ball um, during that. They've obviously had a great season and um, it was really good to hear from them. But they did correct me about our final finishing position because I said we'd finished 17th and they said instantly both said, no, Dad, we finished 18th. So um, I'm blaming you for that because you kept tweeting we finished 17th yesterday, didn't you? But um, we didn't. Yeah, did we? so quite me and a few other fans did. It was the BBC website. I've, I've seen to realise that the league, Lewis Cox has done this to me before. He says, that's wrong, Ollie. It's like, I'm just going off the BBC website. I'm repeating. <laughs> like, you know that that's correct. But yeah, I think there's a lesson here. Never look at the BBC website for a live league table because no. they're always wrong um, so yeah I'll take, I'll take the blame for that one um, but looking ahead Glyn so there's a few things wasn't there that came out this week there was supporters evening and uh, there was uh, something yep. you've been quite looking forward to the retro shirt yeah I picked mine up on Saturday um Looks really good, I think. There was a few, few town fans who picked it up. I think I was talking to I talked to Mike and Roger, the, the supporters liaison officers, I picked it up and I was like, How many have we how many have we got so far? And they were talking about, you know, the a thousand dodd shirts that had been pre ordered, which is pretty mental considering we only get six thousand fans, isn't it? So, you know, one in every six people or must have bought one or bought one for someone they know. So they've done really well, I think, in selling them. They'll if you didn't pre order one and you really want one, you saw one on Saturday, there will be um some available in the club shop starting from next week, I, I believe, and there was some on sale on Saturday. But yeah, I got mine, looks great. I put it on. I didn't I didn't wear it on Saturday because because um, it is a long sleeve shirt, and to be honest with you, the weather was bloody gorgeous on Saturday. So I had me uh, me short sleeve Dwayne Derby shirt on, um, which someone spotted earlier. Someone, someone. I was walking down the street. I'm going off a tangent, Ollie. I was walking down the street um, on the way back from the Prince of Wales at about five o'clock, and this guy behind me was like, "Oh, Dwayne Derby. Where would we be without him?" So you know me. I had to turn around and have a chat, and he was like, "You're Glenn, aren't you?" And he's like, "Hey, someone listed the podcast." So whoever you were, I'm sure you might be. You might be listed this episode. It was good to have a chat with you on the on the way down the street. But um, yeah, I'd never put it on. But yeah, it's certainly the sort of thing I could see myself wearing a lot in the winter next year when it's. Uh, nice and cold and you want a, you want a nice town warm shirt underneath it it looks really smart and um, yeah if you haven't got one pre-ordered Ollie I don't know if you did they're, they're definitely worth it um, I think 50 quid it's, it's really good yeah I'm um, definitely yeah be one of those things I'm often told that I'm really hard to buy for so I think I might keep it as, a, <laughs> as an easy gift for someone um, to get for that's me that's true um, so that's good and yeah fingers crossed Glyn um, you'll be able to revert your um, Twitter handle um, yes to blue and amber soon because hopefully next season we'll have a proper kit I'm waiting to do that. I'm looking forward to getting back to um, Blue and Amber Fanzine on Twitter because it confuses a lot of fans from other clubs when I've done stuff for them on their media. They're like, why is it blue and yellow? I thought you guys were blue and amber. I was like, it's a long story, mate. Uh, well, it's long story. <laughs> We've got a shit kit this season, that's all. Um, so yeah, we, we finally, uh, there's a good bit of positivity for the for the weekend, Ollie. We've finally seen off the yellow and blue kit, haven't we? we so have. we're never, never to be talked about again. maybe the pink one as well. I almost certainly gone. That's gone as well. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, new kit. I, you know, we don't know yet, do we? But um, it was interesting. Um, Cottrell clearly knows what it is, and he's seen the designs because he was kind of I'm in an R and saying, should I tell everyone what it is? And Brian was like, no, no, no. And then he goes, oh, you'll like it. You'll like it. So um, I'm almost certain we blew an amber. Whether it's stripes or not, I don't know. But it's definitely going back to our traditional colours. So, um, that was good, really. Um, looking forward to seeing new kit. Um, because I refuse to buy my children. <laughs> Let me say, our traditional colours. Our traditional colours are technically blue. Oh yeah. Give me this so, again. Anyway, let's just move on. <laughs> Um, and then yeah, the sports evening. I suppose just a bit of feedback on that really, because yeah. 
there was obviously 300 odd people there I think um, this season they didn't live stream it like we did last year where everyone was able to watch it so um, obviously the only bits of information we've had so far are on the on the website or what what I tweeted out on the night really um, there's been no kind of live thing of it but yeah the, the whole evening was really well organised should just give um, Roger Groves and, and Mike Davis um, Brian um, Sue who, who was on the Sports Parliament I think she did a big part of it and there was quite a lot of helpers on the night Colin and I think it was a few other people whose names who escaped me now so apologies if they do but it was run by the supporters the whole thing you know and, and hosted by the club which is great because it is the supporters evening um, so well done to everyone who, who did it and, and helped organise it I thought it was absolutely brilliant first one my kids have been to and they, they really enjoyed it as well um, it was interesting night. Obviously, the award winners, Ollie. Let's touch on that first. Um, Ado and Leahy picking up the main Player of the Year awards, Ollie. I'm not sure that was really that surprising. I thought Leahy might clean sweep, much like Vela did the year before. So, but I, so I thought it was actually nice that they got to share a couple of the main Player of the Season awards around, Ollie. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's something that some Steve Cottrell talked about in his pre-match for the weekend game. That you know, there's a number of players and um, picked up awards, and which he he's obviously he's um, clutching at straws for positives, and he took that as a big positive that uh, there was a number of players and um, getting the awards this year because obviously, as you said, it was Vela as a clean sweep last season. Yep, and the players' player of the year was Ado, which was an interesting one. Hosted that award was given by um, given by Cottrell, and he spoke really, really highly of Dan Ado and the improvements in his game and what he's done. And so that was really positive. Good to hear that was. He, um, he kept calling him a kid. I was like, he's about twenty three, twenty four now, and he, I suppose he is a kid compared to Cottrell. But um, that was good. Lee, he was really well spoken. Ado was a little bit more um, nervous. The most nervous lad, however, was our young player of the year and um, and eventually the best goal scorer award uh, for the overhead volley against Gillingham, Tom Bloxham. Poor lad. He's if he's had media training so far, it was it was not a long period of time because he was quite nervous to talking in front of loads of people. Which, to be fair, to the lad, he's seventeen. Was well, he eighteen now? I think he's only a couple of years older than my kids. And um, they gave him the awards, and, and he he shook their hands, sort of thing. Looked a little bit shy, towered over them, um, as as we said. But um, yeah, it was good to good to hear a couple of words for him. Um, yeah, and then obviously the other awards were Burgoyne got the community award for the work he does in the community, which is great because it is his local community. Ollie, um, being a Ludlow lad, um, I think that's where he's from, isn't he? And yeah, obviously the special award um, from the supporters parliament went to Sean Wally for his seven years with the club so that was a nice send off really and it was, it was really good to get him to come up on the stage and he was talking really positive about the fans and how they took a shine to him straight away even though he didn't think he started very well for us and um, said some interesting things so um, yeah it was good 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 kind of range of winners really um it was one other award actually that the, the uh, South Stand gave to the guy that does the drum, um, and he's been brilliant this season, hasn't he? Getting the atmosphere going, so I think it was a nice series of awards for everybody who's, who's done good work this season, and I, and I just thought it was really good. So there we go. We were about to draw a line under it, Ollie, with the awards, and suddenly Steve Cottrell was having a Q and A. Just before I get to what he said, what what did you think when you heard he was doing a Q and A? Like obviously you were following it on Twitter, you were like, what? What? What's happening here? Yeah, it was surprising because you don't get the sense that he's, the, he's that kind of manager who's got any time for the fans, to be honest. Mm, yeah. um, that's the impression he gives. Um, so, yeah, I was fascinated here. And I was, uh, yeah, I was uh, in the WhatsApp group, I was asking you wasn't how it went. And, yeah, surprisingly, mm. um, well, maybe not that surprisingly. Um, we have said, didn't we, Koch was a big winner and he wants to win games. And that's why he's maybe a bit grumpy after games. But you saw a different side to him. It's fascinating. We've spent a lot of time this season, haven't we, talking about Steve Cottrell and his attitude towards the press, how he's coming across, why he might have rubbed up fans the wrong way. And there was a point where he'd rubbed up fans the wrong way in a pretty significant period. 
Quite why this man has not done a Q&A with our fans since he joined this football club is beyond me, because he was a riot. He was like an evening with Steve Cottrell. Give him a mic. He could have done a couple of songs if you'd asked him, I reckon. He was very entertaining and very engaging and also really appreciative of the fans. Now, people might say that's just pandering. It's just pandering. I like to think I'm a reasonable judge of character. It seemed very genuine, Ollie. Um, you know, he invited one kid who was who was um, sort of shouting out things from the back, um, interrupting things a little bit. Um, but he was really good with this kid. He invited him down pre-season and started talking about how he'll come down and meet the players, which is a really, really nice touch sort of thing. And I, I genuinely felt a bit of a connection to him for the first time, maybe, since he joined the club. Maybe, maybe we felt a connection with him when he had the COVID thing. That's unfair, isn't it? I think we all rallied behind him then, didn't we? But... If he doesn't do a Q and A with with the wider fan base in the approach to this season, I I'll be staggered because it was such an easy win for him to get across the other side of his character, his personality, the way he talks to people on a one to one basis, and I'll be honest with you, he gave away loads of stuff about bits of tactical stuff. He told everybody just off the cuff we were going away to Spain for pre season. He told yeah. us what pre season games we were having. He just he had no filter, which was quite refreshing. It's something definitely maybe we should talk to the supporters parliament and Brian about to do it again. We did. Uh, I did. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. Because it's definitely yeah. is a positive and you know, we want to have a connection. You want to like your manager. <laughs> you want to mm, like your manager. You want to you want to get behind it. You want to like hear about the players and stuff and yeah, maybe that's something they can do a little bit more. Maybe raise, uh, maybe raise some money for charity. You know, maybe a tenner on the door or something like that. And yeah, just make it a little bit um, a bit more fun. I don't think if we if we don't sign any players, then maybe it's not a good idea. But fingers crossed, we do a bit better there. So I think the yeah. timing of it will have to be key um, in terms of when we do it. But yeah, I think it would be good. You know, it would be good if we got you know a full squad um, and then yeah, get it done um, just before the season kicks off. Sounds like a, a good way to start the season. Yeah, and I'm not sitting here saying, God, I, I sat in front of him for, for 25 minutes. Well, actually, it was more like an hour he was talking for. Um, and he's turned me around completely. Jesus Christ, if we started next season the same as we started last season, I'll almost certainly probably be asking for his head after 12 games because we just can't go on with this again. But, you know, it was just it was just nice to see that, you know, despite all the stresses and pressure of a, of a match day, there's a different person there I think and, and maybe we should have obviously re- re- recognised that but when you don't see it it's just difficult you don't you know yeah. when we're in the season as fans we don't like to look at that Can other thing ask I just... you a question then Glenn does it yeah. does it is it less surprising for you now that the players work so hard for him no no, not at all. I, I think that it was interesting because he was combative with people asking certain questions. There was a bit of a back and forth with one fan, but it was about substitutions. Um, and then there was another one about um, not leaving uh, players up from corners. And he gave passionate sort of argumentative defences back as to why both of those things are not as big of an issue as fans maybe make out, um, particularly leaving a player up from corners. He called it old-fashioned and he said, look at every other club. No one no one else does it. Why would we do it? You no, He said, very rarely does a centre-back head a ball out from a corner and it fall to the feet of a striker. So why would you have a striker up there? You know, why not just you know have your defensive solidity? So, you know, I think in terms of that kind of side of him, I could see why he would be someone you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of as well, Ollie. But I also think that, you know, maybe he's more Klopp-like than I maybe imagined before. I suspect he's quite good when he's being good good to you and maybe he will give you a rod when you need the rod sort of thing it was funny actually he was talking about the Liverpool game and he was talking about how he just looked at this wistful wistful thing he had, he had the mic sort of hanging in his hand and he was like there was a minute there I looked at Jürgen and I thought we had you there didn't we we had you there and, and everyone was like lapping it up it was really good the way he talked about things like that so um, yeah it'd be a shame, it's a shame the club didn't record it and, and put it out because I think it would really give people a bit more of a, an insight to, to, to the man really and I can't really do any more than explain how I thought it went um, the, and, and the other fans there I think there were some tweets we've had sort of talking about it as well so it's a shame not everyone was there to see it or um, gets to witness it but yeah maybe we'll see something down the line hopefully um, and um, we'll still get his naggy days on, on a Saturday and we'll be moaning about it next season Ollie I'm sure because um, 
cool. it's still a bit rude, isn't it? But he had Dunny on strings, which was interesting. But there seemed more of a relationship there than, again, you maybe would have expected from listening to press conferences. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. A positive. Um, so, yeah, looking, talking of looking ahead, Glenn. Um, let's just, yeah, spend a bit of time now just kind of closing the pod off, um, mm-hmm. talking about kind of where we are. So we talked about the squad depth last week, didn't we? We had some interesting discussion about some players. We're not going to do that again. That's that's be, no. be silly to repeat it. Uh, there has been one piece of news, hasn't there, Glenn, today? Yep. Josh Daniels has left the club. It hasn't been announced by the club, but Josh Daniels has already put on Twitter that, you know, thanks to the club and the fans for the for the two years here, um, et cetera, et cetera. So clearly he's gone. Um, I, I'm not, not too fussed myself. I've seen a few people saying he's a great player and I can't believe we've let him go. But to me, he's never really been more than a bench warmer and, and certainly, as we talked about last week, didn't fit our tactics. So, um, you know, the first one out the door to start to clear some of those those wages off the deck so we can rebuild, I'm, I'm OK with it. And he's the sort of lad you go up, up, wish they do well as long as they don't end up somewhere like Rex and Walsall so um, yeah go sign for another club we don't hate and uh, and have a good season Josh yeah it'll be interesting to see where he lands that's always the, the key isn't it the mark of yeah. where his quality because if he's League 2 quality he'll end up in League 2 if he's not he'll end up in the National yeah. League yeah. it's been interesting to see where he lands um, so yeah good luck he seems like a really nice bloke it was interesting that yeah, the yeah. groundsman was really complimentary about him um, talking about how he behaves so yeah everything everyone and I think that sometimes rubs off doesn't it if you've got a player that everyone likes then people I think inflate his ability um, because they like him um, but yeah, good luck to him and fingers crossed he can do well. Um, obviously, it would be really fascinating, isn't it, Glenn, to hear the announcements and stuff. We mentioned at the start of the podcast that Lewis Cox made reference to one player's had a contract offer and also one player's had a contract extended. Um, now, the only one that I'm aware of, um, well, there's two players left in the squad that have the options. One is a Doe. Triggering a Doe's contract to make another two years is an absolute no-brainer. One, because you'd want to keep him, and or secondly, yeah. if he does go to the Championship Club, then you know that fee almost doubles maybe because um, it's an extra year on, on there. So that's interesting. Mm. Um, be really interesting to see what happens. Hopefully, the next week or so, uh, from Lewis Cox's tweet, it seems that the players know already. As obviously, Josh Daniels' um, tweet is testament to that. I would, I would be surprised if the one who's been offered, I would, is, are we sure Bennett doesn't have guess. an option? Yes, well, I think Bennett's I, got an option. Well, maybe that's the thing because I'll be. Yeah, I was talking to. Um, I was chatting to Brian trying to dig and find out some information and I shared it in my squad and I said have I missed anything and he said yeah you have you've missed some options <laughs> um, but he wouldn't tell me who they were because he obviously he just he knows that some of them I'd found so I found a doe after that and I searched it and I found a doe I couldn't find any option in anyone else's statements so it could be that Bennett's got a, uh, an extension in there I can't imagine maybe Davis has got an extension as well in the club's favour but I can't think maybe. anyone else having one not Vela yeah, Vela won't have one. Um, Ebanks would. Ebanks signed a three-year deal when we signed him from Wolves. So he won't be him. I can't imagine Pierre nope. as an option either. No, nope. we wouldn't offer him anyway. I don't think anyway. Now the way it's gone, I, I think Bennett might be the one we offered it to. I, I think with I think a Doe's option. It's interesting. We don't traditionally do the extra option year, do we? Until the very end of the season where that contract's running out. Well, we could have um, done it before. Remember, we didn't yeah. really know about Paul Hurst's extension that year, did we? Until because it's a wage rise normally. Yeah. So why would you pay a doe an extra higher wage for two well, years you might when do, you, you well, could pay yeah, you him might, for one? <laughs> well, one obviously, well, almost let's call it the or better effect. You know, if you if you don't, he's going to be unhappy and he's going to perform less. So there is some merits to that. True. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? And you know, certainly a player that probably just due a little bit of booster wages. Normally, you get yearly wages in your contracts, don't you? So maybe that covers that sort of thing. Who knows though? I'd love to see Bennett get the option and and, yeah. and certainly sign it because we definitely need him. He's been a miss this last couple of games and same as Ebanks. Um, and as I said last week, I'd keep him as well. But yeah, it's interesting because like we obviously talked about you know what we need last week, Ollie. But I don't know. We've had a we couple didn't talk of about what ten- we need. We talked about last week. We talked about the squad and who who's, Sorry, yeah. who we got to got who. 
who we basically the contract situation with all the players last week. And where do you sign the players? Or you not? put your shopping list together right now. Yeah. So I think now obviously this is a quite maybe a bit longer list than Cottrell would have because you know to fair to Cottrell <laughs> he does like a small squad. And I do see the benefit of having a small squad, especially if you get players that are flexible, like George Nurse. You know, you can play left wing yeah. back or left centre back, and and that thing that works really nicely. And um, to be able to have players that can play in similar positions like that. Um, so for me, I think we definitely need a backup goalkeeper. Um, we've got Morosi. We need a backup. Um, I think we'll have Pennington and Flanagan. Um, hopefully, we may, maybe Pennington will get an offer from a Championship club. Maybe who knows? Or a bigger League One club. Maybe that's something that will happen. But we definitely need four centre backs. We need another two. Um, if obviously we have no idea about Bennett, so I think we need two right wing backs, um, and we need a left wing back to support backup for Nurse as well, or maybe first team for Nurse. Who knows? Um, interesting. Yeah. I thought that Wigan played four one, kind of four two, and had a defence midfielder. So I think maybe that's something. I think that worked quite well with four now. So maybe we need defence midfielder. I think we need at least three or four central midfielders, a number ten, and another striker. Now, yes, we've got five strikers contracted, including your man Pike. But for me, I think if we could get a player, someone like what's the striker from Ipswich who's who's gone in Norwood? Is it Norwood? Um, you know, if you get yeah. a striker of that ilk, that quality, then for me, it's a no-brainer to try and sign someone like that. So that's my list. So that's what one, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve players. I don't think mm. we'll sign ten, twelve. Sorry, but maybe we'll get ten or something like that. Probably might do with the additions of low knees as well. I just just we'll pull you up on one thing, Ollie. I'm pretty sure I figured out why we lost three 0 on Saturday because you just um, described a, a formation that means that Wigan played with twelve players. So oh, um, did I? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, so yeah, that's probably what we got back to. They had an extra man. It was the referee. Um, I, I can't really disagree with you. Three too much. one four two. You said four one four two. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I was like, wow, no wonder we got battered. Um, anyway, uh, but going back to the lists of stuff, I can't really disagree with your list, Ollie. Um, we certainly need a lot of players, and this is one of the reasons why I was just a bit like on the bus back from the Prince of Wales. People talking about, yeah, we're almost there now. We only need to do a few tweaks. I can't get on board with that. No, rule of thinking. We have got so much to do. It's unbelievable. We've got mm. Leahy, who 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 a year ago wasn't even a central midfielder. Exactly. We've got one midfielder. And there is absolutely no guarantee that any of our good players won't get picked off this summer. Exactly. We could easily sell Ado, but we could easily sell Pennington. We could easily sell Morosi. Like there were some rumours knocking around in some of the papers today about Morosi and Swansea. So you know, there's no guarantee we'll even have it. Any I of these can't see players. Morosi. So- Morosi's no way good enough to a footballer. To whoever's done Probably that is, a, is, a, no. is an idiot because no way Morosi's good enough to play football um, for um, for um, what's the guy's name? The former MK Matt and Tom's boss. Hey. Um, I'd, I'd actually triple my wages. Yeah. I'd triple my wages. Sit on Swansea's bench, do another well, toilet, go to Blackburn and never play. There's very few players who I would be adamant they're definitely at Shrewsbury next season, and they would be Bowman, Flanagan, and Morosi. They're probably the only three I'd put money on. Guarantee. Guarantee they'll be here. Like a Pike will probably leave. Charlie Not Case. Nurse. There's probably good chances. Nurse. Nurse is a good player. You know, he's got one yeah. year left on his deal. Um, you know, a, a big, bigger um, League One club comes in, offers you 250, 300k. Mm. Maybe. Who knows? He's a very good player. I'd be interested to see him. I'd like to see him play left back. I don't think he's a left wing back. I don't think he offers enough. Well, yeah. Pike will definitely be here next season because no fucker's going to want him. So we Well, just I think, I think we'll have to, to pay him off, won't we? We'll have to pay him <laughs> I off. I think we will. <laughs> um, did you see, a... by the way, his goal that we were talking about the other week, where, which he scored, which was the one that sort of deflected off his arse, um, we said he finally scored for Scunthorpe, didn't we? That goal got taken off him. It got given it got given as an own goal <laughs> in the end, so break, he didn't he? score. <laughs> he, he well, we, no at this, on this rate, we might need him to play right wing back. 
<laughs> you could do, yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, he's coming back. Yeah, so I don't, I don't quite know. I think it's you know this stage when we're, we're just looking at people leaving. It's a, uh, it's a fairly robust list, Ollie. But I could see that change as we go through the summer. It always does, doesn't it? I and think that's I the biggest agree. question marker over the summer, isn't it? So there's a, a tweet from a guy called um, Alex Jones. He says, "I very, I have very little hope for next season. There's no way we're going to get what we need in the summer." I'm expecting gold rights again next season. And then Mark Bowen said, does Steve Potter have the ability and to bring in enough players during the summer? It's all very well releasing the, the likes of um, like, you know, Sean Worley or, or Josh Daniels, but it's, it's a bit of a folly if you can't replace them. And that's the biggest question mm-hmm. over the summer, isn't it? That's, it's, we're at the point where he lives and dies by this summer window, in my view. Um, if he gets it moderately right and we, we chug along mid-table, then everyone's going to be happy. He could could get it really right and we could have a good season. Who knows? But if he bollocks, bollocks it up and has the same problems we've had this season, he's probably a dead man. Although I was talking to someone relatively in the know sometimes at the club saying, doesn't matter what happens next season, he's never going to get sacked. But I was like, I'm not sure you can ever say that sort That's of thing. That's no way. So, if I, he doesn't you know, sign any players and we're an absolute mess and we're bottom of the league <laughs> yeah. table and um, everyone's chanting and screaming at the chairman... Um, he'll pull exactly. the trigger. If, and that's no, the big, so, I guess that's the second biggest question, Glenn, this summer. The chairman. Yeah, and that's gone very quiet. And there's a lot of more rumours I've been quiet, hearing in the background. If it's gone quiet, it's normally maybe because something's happening or it could be nothing at all. It could be one extreme or the other. But rumours don't come out of the club like they used to. I know you have a bit more tentacles into stuff, but... Yeah, the rumours and stuff don't come out as much as they used to, and things are a lot tighter. No, tend tend to tend to be a bit tighter, but then there's been a few that have broken like four or five hours beforehand, haven't they? It tends to be that's how you get your rumours now. You don't normally talk about things two or three days in advance. But Steve Gottschall, one of the things I would say about his Q and A, he was not a guy that liked to name names. So he was saying like this. He said there was three players playing for Wigan on Saturday that he tried to sign last summer, but he wouldn't name them. And then he was talking about loanees in different different clubs that he tried to get, but he wouldn't name them. So yeah, Has he you know, burned his bridges sort of... on loan? Is it? Yeah, four now is a fantastic loan, and he's done really well. Yeah, Forrest will be chuffed with that. Forrest will so be chuffed. Should... But, yeah, we'll go but back I, don't think, um, I don't think Leicester, Newcastle, or um, City. Birmingham City, um, or Bristol City, yeah, will be as chuffed. And obviously no. everyone talks in the football, so everyone will know now. Um, so it's going to be a big selling case for him to get more players yeah. back. It's going to be interesting, but I, uh, either way, I, I, that mess with Alex, I can kind of see why he's getting out. I have little hope for next season. I suppose, you know, already now I'm already thinking about the positives next season and trying to think, you know, I want him to get it right this summer. You want to like your manager, like you said, you want us to get it right. And you can never really write a season off at this stage. It's bloody the middle of April, isn't it? Sorry, start of May now. Um, so I have hope. Um, I always have hope I every have season. Hope, even when but I think there is, that, there is yeah. that, that, that worry, I'd say, is probably the best way to describe I, it, that it might have I can see why people doubt him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. More so, quality, sorry, same quality, just slightly more players, and he yeah. should be fine. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, isn't it? That's the that again. That's the frustration is that you know we did sign good players, we just needed a few more. Uh, so talking yep. about the summer, Glenn. Um, so um, fixture list will be out on the twenty third of June, um, and then the first game of the season is early this year um, for obvious reasons on the thirtieth of July. And obviously, we do not play in the championship, um, but I think it's just worth noting that the championship pauses on the twelfth of November, restarts on the tenth of December. So it's going to be really, really fascinating having a World Cup with Shooter Town games going on at the same time. Yeah, my doom-mongering was, was talking about this on Saturday, saying, isn't it going to be great if we're 22nd in League One and England lose to Iran? You're going to want to top yourself, aren't you, at that point in time? It's going to be a bit, bit depressing if that's the sort of situation we find ourselves in. But England are better than that, and I'm I'm hoping we're not 22nd. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. One thing I was thinking about, you know, if, say, um, Derby come down and somehow they've ended up getting three international players um, who have all gone to the World Cup for, say, minor nations, I'm assuming that, you know, at that point in time, Derby County would not play any games in League One during the World Cup. 
Cup. I guess that would be the case. Yeah, if you've got three players yeah. called up to the World Cup, I guess it's 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 a low probability um, that they will. But, but yeah, interesting. This Derby one, isn't it? Just talking about the league. Yeah, Derby. You know, do a Wigan start spending ten grand on a striker. Uh, yeah. League One is going to be mental next year, isn't it? Because you've got um, Peter coming down, you've got Barnsley coming down. Um, obviously, Derby and, um, could and obviously a bit of a mess. But then, yeah, half the division are going to expect to win the league, or their fans will expect to win the league. Yeah, and for, as we talked about last week, even some of the teams coming up look upwardly mobile, like Forest yeah. Green, Exeter, are in a good place at the moment. Um, it depends who gets that third, third, and fourth. Well, spot it's interesting, isn't it? Because this year, Gillingham have finally gone down after. Well, not finally gone down because that's a bit harsh. Actually, they did quite well last year, but Gillingham have gone down when Wimbledon have been really close over the last few years. Have finally gone. Um, Doncaster and Crewe have obviously gone down as well. Um, you know, are we going to be the Wimbledon next season? The team that's kind of survived Fleetwood as well, only just survived. Um, now the longest serving team in the division. Or we're going to be MK Dons, who finished roughly around where we did last season and <laughs> it's, it's, got, it's, got up. So would, yeah, we'll see. It's, it's one comment tricky. actually, I've seen um, some. I've seen actually a Cambridge podcast giving some abuse to Gab Sutton about making predictions for the league table. Um, I do think if you don't put, if you don't make your own full t- one to twenty four prediction, I don't think you really have the right to criticise someone else because it is tough. It is yep. really tough picking um, picking um, the one to twenty four. So yeah, it's something I don't want to do. <laughs> something you do want to do, no. either, Glenn. But um, yeah, it's well, going to be interesting gonna, next season. We're going to revisit our predictions for this season, aren't we? Uh, yeah. When we do the predictions next season, like we usually do. And um, uh, Chris Hudson, who came on that podcast, was talking about how he made some good calls, but I haven't reviewed it for a while. So we'll go back and have a, have a listen to that at some point, yeah. see how far off we were. But the one thing I would say about next season that probably will benefit us is, is you tend to get that little bit of a second season syndrome for the for the Cambridges and the Cheltenhams um, yeah. this season. Second, who stayed second up comfortably. album type so, thing. Yeah, it's exactly. Be, so that I think they will them. struggle. Yeah, I think they will struggle yeah. next year. But saying that, they'll probably get worse. Now we said that. Yeah, it's interesting. You've put first game starts 30th of July. I was literally looking at holidays for 30th of July today, so I won't be around at the start of the season by the looks of it. But it's going to be, yeah, the World Cup's going to make it very interesting and um, a dis- dis- disjointed season, I suppose, in terms of kind of, not for us as football fans, but just kind of the, the kind of general pause of yeah, it's gonna be weird, going on, isn't it? It's going to be weird, isn't it? Because we're having Shrewsbury games and league games in the middle of a World Cup. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how much attention or lack of attention we'll get. Probably get even less attention than we do today. Because one of the games is a Saturday game, England, if you look is at it? the fixtures that have come out. And so I'm not sure whether they'll move league fixtures early or late You'd or imagined. You wouldn't want to go, yeah. it'd be daft to go up against an England game. Maybe they'll move it to Sundays <laughs> or something like that or Friday night. It would be odd. It's not a problem we usually have, is it? So, yeah, yeah. Got no, there we go. That. But anyway. It's, it's odd. It, yeah. it feels weird already talking about next season, Ollie. It, it does. But it, it's kind of almost like, yeah, looking forward to Christmas Day. You know, you always look forward to it more than you actually do. So, yeah, it's getting sort of all that hope now, isn't it? If we can kind of put the season, nearly put the season behind us, still got the end of season review to do. But then, yeah, you can hope and dream about next season now. And just, I suppose, the last place to leave this podcast, really, before we do the season review is... Uh, yeah, as we said, it was 39 episodes this season, you know, hundreds, probably 100 odd hours of, no, maybe not that much. It's been hundreds of hours over the lifetime of the podcast, but you talked about us going through 200,000 views. Um, it's been really good to do the podcast this season, and let's talk about just that for a second, Ollie. It's been good fun, as usual, on Sunday nights to, to kind of go through town and, and the sort of story we've had this season, but um, new guests this season and, and lots of new kind of topics of, of discussion and kind of moving things around. It's been, it's been a good, I think it's been a good season for the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, it's been good fun. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely yeah. Um, uh, something that we, we definitely both very much enjoy. And yeah, we really appreciate the comments, really appreciate the, the interaction we have with different mm-hmm. fans. And yeah, we'll, again, try again next season, get more more fans on and yeah, try and do, maybe try and do a few more different things. But yeah, it's been a good season. And yeah, it's certainly much more, more enjoyable um, going to games again. I think that's, that's something we can put behind us, hopefully, the, with the COVID season. It'll make, make yeah, it a I mean- bit harder. 
we've had more listens this season than last season and it's been the same for all six of the seasons we've had so far so we do get a little bit of growth which is nice to see as, as the word gets out amongst fans who still probably never heard of us Ollie but I've certainly been stopped at away games a lot more this season by people uh, who listen to the podcast now and starting to recognise who I am which is still very odd I find and um, yeah I, my mates always take the mick at me when it happens but it's good and, it, and I always say to people if you recognise my voice and you want to come and have a talk and you're listening come and say hello it's always great to talk to new people at football um, you know Cal who'd been on the podcast I'd never saw or spoken to him in, in the real world until he came on the podcast and I've seen him at a couple of other games this season now I could name a few people who have done that over the years and always yeah. try and give shout outs to people um, who listen or we meet at the match and that's what it's all about Ollie for me yeah. in terms of shout outs as well just shout out yeah we do want to get some more female guests on so um, yeah, yeah try, definitely try and get some more different voices on the podcast We've had my daughter on this week, so that counts, yeah, doesn't it, Ollie? It does. <laughs> so does. there's one. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely be searching for, for more new guests again next season. And yeah, I, I just you know wrapping up our kind of regular season. Thank you to everyone who's listened again this season. It's been great fun um, for us to do this, and I uh, hope it's given everybody that kind of Monday usual Monday morning. I think it's when we get most of our listens, people on the way to work or at work on a Monday morning, kind of putting the weekend to bed. So hopefully we've given you some entertainment, some laughs, some reality checks <laughs> over the course of the season. And um, I'm looking forward to being back for season seven next year, Ollie. Yeah, no, it should be good. Yeah, so we'll do the end of season review, um, and then we always have a debate, don't we, Glenn, about when we come back. We do see. Remember in the up first season, you're like, "Come on, let's all let's go back now." And I'm like, Glenn, this doesn't season doesn't start for weeks. Um, but <laughs> nothing's yeah. happened. Yeah, and, and now we start a bit later. But yeah, we'll um, obviously we'll be back. I'll do the end of season review, and then we'll be back. Hopefully, talking about some exciting new signings and yeah, getting some insight from you know, um, you know, other fans, um, podcasts, and stuff like we normally do. Mm. Hopefully, give some insight to these new signings. I'll be back. I'll be back, Ollie, from Alicante. I'll do a live podcast from Alicante, watching Shrewsbury Town play Coventry when they go down there for pre-season. So there we go. There we go. Um, but everybody, seriously, enjoy your summer holidays. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a hard long season. Enjoy your break, and um, we'll be back in 2022-23, Ollie. Cool. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. fine but you just think about it it's not it's there's no stress in this okay okay ready no, no. <laughs> don't put this in no, i won't come on right ready good right